Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Did you, America? Welcome to another edition of Did You America? He's Jeremy, I'm Ian Canfield. I won't even bother asking Jeremy which episode of season two this is because Jeremy went to the uh, home opener for uh, the Rangers yesterday and is feeling a little the worst for wear. Stop yelling at me. You're, um, you're already yelling. Talking more softly than I do usually. It's so loud in here. Just before we uh, we started recording today's episode of uh, the podcast, Jeremy started uh, twisting his shoulder and going, oh, oh, as if you were playing baseball <laughs> yesterday <laughs> and, and you now ache. But I don't think that happened, did it? It, it definitely didn't. I mean, I know, I, know, I know the Rangers are meant to be bad, but they're not so bad that you're on the team, right? Maybe I drunkenly threw a football during the tailgate at one point, but I don't even think I did that. I just... As we've been preparing for this podcast today, slowly I'm hitting like new levels of hangover and it's just getting worse and worse. Like we might have to speed through this today. Um, so is this Monday drinking? Have you reached that age that you're approaching 30 and uh, Monday's just a really bad day of the week to be drinking because Tuesday feels terrible? Right. Like I, you know, if this was a Saturday, I, I feel like I could get away with this. You know, it'd be Sunday right now. I'd be sleeping. But, you know, to make matters worse, I had to wake up for work at 430 this morning. And uh, yeah, that was a bit of a struggle since I got home at one in the morning. <sighs> Yeah, Big Monday. Yeah, it was a, it was an eventful Monday, that's for sure. So lots of people enjoyed a Big Monday, it would seem, because uh, it was the Rangers' uh, first game. Uh, this was the most controversial story in baseball until the whole Georgia stuff happened a few <laughs> days ago, right? right. Uh, before uh, all the voting law uh, shenanigans uh, happened in Georgia, the uh, the biggest uh, controversy uh, in, in baseball was the fact that the Rangers were going to open Globe Life Field to everyone, um, and they said you were going to have to wear a mask, but uh, the, the rates of COVID had been dropping in Texas. So it was uh, come one, come all. We're getting back to normal. Uh, I think the headline on TMZ today was Rangers packed capacity ballpark with no social distancing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, give us a break. The Rangers aren't very good this year. We're going to have one sellout. It's not like every game is going to be a sellout. Most games, there's only going to be about 5,000 people in the stands anyway. So we had one that was an eventful, big crowd, ruckus, you know, everyone feeling good. And then the Rangers blew it anyway. So. Yeah, I was listening to uh, the, uh, uh, the the end of the commentary on the radio yesterday. And then they had the, uh, the wrap-up show on. And uh, this is a thing I love about Texans. Even though the Rangers are terrible and the whole idea is they're rebuilding the team, so no one expects them to win anything for the next couple of seasons at least, right? But the 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 callers into the wrap-up show after the game, 
were so aggressive. It was like a weird thing in so much as they were still supporting the Rangers. They were still happy they went. They still intend to keep going. So they've got that level of support because they're Texans and it's, you know, that kind of like Texas spirit. Right. But also at the same time, they were like, what was that we were watching? <laughs> like I've never, I've never, I've never heard um, sports fans en masse be on one hand so supportive of the team, but also so aggressive in in describing how bad the game was that they just left. Right. Well, there's two type of Rangers fans. You know, there's are the ones like that who are really intense, and the ones like me who understand what's going on with the team. So I was just there to have a good time. You know, I was watching what was happening on the field. I wasn't even that mad about. You know what I was mad about though. Now we have this brand new multi-million, potentially even billion-dollar stadium. I'm not a numberatologist. I don't know these things, but... Did you just make up that word? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, in the old stadium, which you can, you know, is still right across the street, you look over there, you're like, who's this peasant building for? We have this brand-new cathedral of baseball. <laughs> and again, a lot of money went into it. It's really beautiful. But we used to, in the old stadium, in the sixth inning or the seventh, I can't remember, they would do a dot race, you know? They would have... Three people dressed in a blue dot, a red dot, and a green dot, and they run around the stadium, I and thought, people bet on I it. I thought you just said duck race. No, 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 dot, <laughs> D-O-T. I was like, okay, right. right. Duck racing is happening at the old so, stadium. That's what's going on there. Sometimes they do, most of the time they do a dot race. Now, right. sometimes they do a Texas Legends race, which is someone dressed as Nolan Ryan, George Bush, I think like Davy Crockett. Willie Nelson. Right, yeah, and they run, but most of the time it's the dots. But this time when the dot race came out, there were no runners. They just had a little digital racetrack and colors going around the board. What's the point? We've spent all this money on a new stadium. We can't even pay people to run in dot costumes? Is this the point at which you started a uh, heckle about someone's grandmother? Yeah, I started, no, that's when I started my heckle of we want real dots, and that the whole stadium picked up on. My we killed granny chant did not do the same. <laughs> Right. No one was uh, buying into that. No, but people were equally as mad about the dot race because, look, I had money on the race. And sure, red dot won. I got it correct. But the guy didn't want to pay me because it wasn't a real race. The oh, fix was in. I see. I see. So no expectation of the Rangers to do well. But when the dot race lets you down, that's when you get really angry. I lost a lot of money over these last few weeks. And I didn't. I needed that $20. Uh-huh. March Madness. And March Madness was rough. I uh, so luckily it's now over, and because it's no April. <laughs> right. But hang on a minute though. This is because we were discussing what we were going to say, uh, what we were going to cover in today's podcast, and this also reinforces my theory that Jeremy may have a gambling problem because March Madness is now over as it's April. But who went to the casino? I did. Look, I was trying to win back my money, and I had nothing to do on a Saturday. And Chuck so says, an hour away. So says every person who's got a gambling problem who lost a load of money in March Madness. Now it's April. I'll go to the casino to try and make back my losses. April Madness. Right. <laughs> do you want to do? Uh, you want to give us some numbers? I know you're right. not a numbertologist. <laughs> so, um, I I definitely lost track of my March Madness bets, but. I can tell you, in the bracket, the overall, my one bracket I made on ESPN, there were 14.7 million brackets filled out. 
I was in the 97th percentile, ranking 417,000th out of those 14 percent. So in that sense, I did very well. Sadly, there was no money on the bracket. And uh, what the things I put my money on, I consistently lost every week. So let's put it this way. Without going into how much I lost on March Madness, when I went to the casino trying to win it back, I lost an additional 600. Ooh. So it wasn't the best of weekends for me. Is uh, any any um, old bands with no original members coming up at the casino? It was is it something that could, you know. Whenever I go to the casinos in the states, I, I, I like a good uh, casino, and I always see posters for bands, mostly from the sixties, sometimes from the seventies. They're bands you've heard of. But you can see from the people that are in the poster, none of the original members are in the band <laughs> because most of them have already died. Right. I'm thinking like the Drifters and the Four Tops and yeah, people, yeah. That are people of that nature. But, but the people that are in the band, they're kind of like, they're still old. They're just not old enough to have been an original <laughs> Beach Boy. And I'm just wondering if, if that is no longer um, a, a valid business in casinos because those old people are concerned about the COVID still. Well, based on the casino I was in, I don't think there's too much worries about the COVID anymore so. well they're, but they're the, they're the people that are playing you're not looking at me right, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about the uh, 73 year old second cousin twice removed uh, person who was related to the roadie of the drummer from the four tops who's now masquerading as the four tops that you normally see in a casino like I remember last time I was in a casino which was probably oh, maybe a, a couple of years ago now um, certainly pre-covid there was a poster for the Beach Boys, right? And I took a look at them and I thought, not one of these people has ever met Brian Wilson. <laughs> they, they look like right. such imposters for the Beach Boys. I had to check if they were changing the spelling of the word beach <laughs> because I thought it was a tribute band. But I do believe it was a band with some degree of legitimacy to tour as the Beach Boys because, you know, they went on that... Um, What's that website called where you can tr trace your history? Ancestry.com. That's one of them. They were like, yeah, we went to Ancestry.com and at some point someone in my family was connected to Brian Wilson so we can go out and validate <laughs> like a casino tour, singing Surfing USA, etc. I mean, that Wilson family is pretty big. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually were just like second cousins or even like really younger brothers and he still just never knew them. Is the Wilson you know, Are they... Related to is is Wilson Phillips related? There, do you know that? Hold on I for just because I tell you now, the two women in Wilson Phillips, they're begging for casino deals. If I see them on a poster, I'm I'm very much prepared to believe that it's the real Wilson Phillips. I want to say that Carney Wilson is Brian Wilson's daughter. I, I could think be that totally no, I think that is true. That, I mean, but... we wouldn't want to spread fake news on this podcast. Her uncles were Dennis Wilson and Carl Wilson. She is cousin to Beach Boy founder Mike Love. All right, immediately, so um, immediately, she the, the two from Wilson Phillips who are both women would would have more. Brian Wilson is her dad. Yes. Right, so they would have more legitimacy touring as the Beach Boys than than any Beach Boys <laughs> poster I've seen in right. any American <laughs> casino. Even though there's only two of them, and I know you know we're supposed to be gender neutral these days, but it's quite clear they're women yeah. and not Beach Boys. The Beach people. Yeah. Right. Although I think last time I did um, 
I've got a friend who uh, claims that Hold On by Wilson Phillips is the best song ever. Hi, Ben, if you're listening. And I, he lives in New York. I do remember that... Uh, Ben's not listening because Ben doesn't have ears. <laughs> no, he honestly, he loves Hold On by Wilson Phillips. I, it, that's one of those things where clearly Hold On by Wilson Phillips isn't the best song ever. But if someone goes through several years of their life maintaining that, I kind of go, well, okay, good for you. You've, right. you've stuck to the doctrine that clearly only you believe. It doesn't matter how many how many instagram videos and how how it doesn't matter how much you try and do a tiktok video to wilson phillips that you're trying to make your skateboarding to dreams by fleetwood mac (laughs) you're still never going to get the level of notoriety that the skateboarder uh to fleetwood mac got with with wilson phillips but my my friend ben does maintain that uh hold on for just one more day i think was it because it was used in Dawson's Creek? Is that why he thinks it's the best song ever? I think he just drunkenly made the claim one day, and he's so stubborn that years later he's still just like, "No, Wilson Phillips is the best." That is a clear. That's a native New Yorker for you. For like sure, they, they, yeah. they stick to their guns. <laughs> they won't be. Uh, they they won't be swayed from that opinion. I'm doing a lot of thinking out loud on today's podcast without actually having any. Um, grounds for what I'm saying. I think I only think that Hold On by Wilson Phillips was a, a fixture in Dawson's Creek because it sounds like the theme tune. Did right, Wilson yeah. Phillips <laughs> sing the theme to Dawson's I'm Creek? I'm on it. Keep rambling. <laughs> anyway, the reason I'm telling you this is because this is definitely true, that uh, the Wilson Phillips, the two of them, I think would probably kill for a casino tour to sing their greatest hit because the last time my buddy Ben saw them, they were doing some in-store in the hosiery department of, um, where was it? What's that big clothing store in the States? There's the, the uh, Macy's. Macy's. I see I got it. There you go. Fake Beach Boys doing a casino tour or a one-off in New York Macy's hosiery department as Wilson <laughs> Phillips, which is better? I don't know. I think I'm going to Macy's. <laughs> right, there you go. Well, my friend Ben was. He was going, this, this, this hosiery department is the best song ever. Sounds a bit like the theme from Dawson's Creek, but it's not. <laughs> he said, who needs the Rolling Stones when you got Wilson Phillips? Right. Ooh, that reminds me. Hold on. Last thing about the Rangers game. So... What got me to Wilson this, Phillips was halftime I, show. There's no halftime. <laughs> That's the most un-American thing you've ever said. They sang at the seventh inning stretch. Right, okay. <laughs> but, okay, here's the one thing, and I've made this claim before on the podcast. There is something at the Rangers ballpark that is so dangerous, and I think everyone needs to stay away from them. And they have them at the Cowboys Stadium as well. They had them at the old Rangers Stadium. I'm pretty sure they have them at the State Fair. And it's the foot-and-a-half tube multicolored margaritas that they sell now they look fun and i'll tell you they are delicious it is the single most diabolical thing in the human existence i the first time i had them i was at a rolling stones concert at AT at&t stadium i drank three of them i didn't make it five songs into the concert before i was like i got get the hell out of here right i then lost my car which was parked directly outside the stadium you literally walk out the doors there's a sidewalk and my car was parked right there i circled at&t stadium five times before i found my car did did keith richard spike your drink he must have (laughs) i then got to my car and realized i can't drive and got a cab and got home anyways so i've swore off those margarita scents and 
God damn it, it was opening day and I couldn't help myself and I had to yesterday and that's what happened here. The um, And that's why I'm struggling the today. The, the, the brightly colored drinks can be very deceptive. I mean, I always uh, stayed away from brightly colored alcohol because I just liked it when I was drinking. I just used to like to have my hard liquor with a little bit of a mixer. And like I've said many times, if you were pouring me a, a Jack and Coke, uh, the the liquid should be pretty much see through. That the, there should be that much, but and, and that was obviously going to give you a big buzz, and that was an incredibly strong drink. I always thought that um, brightly colored things is for candy, not for booze. But a, but occasionally, those bright colors. And I guess it's because of the sugar content. It can be so sweet, so it's going down good. And you don't realize till it's been in your system for a little while exactly what it's doing. Well, that's exactly it. It tastes so delicious, you don't realize that there's a ton of tequila in there. So that combined with the sugar is just like creating this hangover fog nightmare that I'm currently living in. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Mom. Jeremy's just going to carry on uh, apologizing for... Uh being a little bit hungover today. I feel like I should not only apologize to the listeners, but like I should apologize to the world. Like yesterday was real rough. <laughs> my, uh, I had another, uh, I had a carbohydrate hangover. This is my pathetic comeback to your stories <laughs> about going to the home opener, boozing all day, only getting three hours of sleep. Since I quit drinking, my life is so dull now that uh, the weekend just gone was Easter and um, so I, I, I'm not like some health freak, but I like to eat reasonably well. I'm big on eating a lot of protein and not too many carbohydrates. And I'm not even a big fan of, um, of chocolate, but, you know, Easter is a big uh, chocolate time. I figured out over the weekend, and I don't know why it's taken me five years of living in the greatest country in the world to only just realize this, but America doesn't do Easter eggs like UK does. How do you guys do that? Well, no, I didn't see them anywhere. Like when it's Easter, pretty much as soon as Christmas is over in the UK, you'll get these big Easter eggs everywhere. I didn't see any of them anywhere. We, I feel like we normally do like the the small Easter eggs, right, right, right. Have candy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they're small. I mean, America's supposed to have an obesity problem. What are the Brit, <laughs> what are the Brits doing having massive eggs? I could get my little Cadbury's cream eggs. I went, I went right. to get a bunch of those. But in England, everything that's a candy, like a brand name that you would get in a candy bar, yeah, they pretty much do an egg version of that. And I'm talking giant-sized chocolate egg, and then on the inside, you'll have um, maybe the candy bar and maybe some kind of toy. I've got a feeling they stopped doing the toys because some kid swallowed one once and then right. that ruined it for everyone. But I didn't see any of those. I saw a bunch of uh, chocolates designed as rabbits. Yeah, that's a big thing that's for sure. But, I mean, I'm, that's definitely one thing. We have found one of the very few things that England does better than America. All of our candy companies should be creating giant chocolate egg versions of their candy right now. Uh, yeah, right. Well, maybe for next Easter. But I, uh, yeah. Let's just I, create a new Easter. Well, I, June 5th. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I do celebrate Christmas in July. Why can't you have Easter in June, I maybe? You know, um, <laughs> Jewish Easter. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I was, uh, so I, I do like the Cadbury's cream eggs. So I bought, um, two packs of four of them, right? And we discussed on the show last week that uh, hot cross buns are a thing, which are just basically buns, but they put crosses on them for, for, for Easter. Yeah, right? one of my friends who listened to the last episode sent me a picture. was like, oh my God, we have these in America. 
Yeah, but they're, I mean, they're just average buns. It just happens that for a few weeks, normally around April or late in March, they put a cross sign on them. Again, I, mean, I thought those were teas, so this is still amazing <laughs> me. Right. But, but my point being, so I, uh, over the, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday of, uh, you know, the Easter weekend just gone, across three days, I ate about four little hot cross buns and ate, uh, not too big, because I'm sure they've shrunk since I was a kid, um, Cadbury's cream eggs right? Not too much. I mean, it's more chocolate and uh, bread-based things than I would normally eat. Yesterday, I woke up and I I felt probably only half as bad as you feel today. Only you had like two ton of booze and a good time at Rangers. I was just indoors catching up on Gangs of London. More on that in a minute. Um, Eating a bit of chocolate and some hot cross buns and I basically, on the Monday, after three days of not even gorging on these, I was just eating them bit by bit, felt like I had a carbohydrate and chocolate hangover. And I thought, oh, my God, how did I used to drink a bottle of Jack Daniels in the evening and function the next day? <laughs> Being sober is no fun, kids. You can't even handle some chocolate with some fucking cream in the middle. Not only that, that's like my average lunch. And it's taking <laughs> you out for a whole day? I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't know any. Anyone who's listening who's a health expert, let me let me turn this on its head and turn it into something positive. Have I now become carb intolerant? Because it's not <laughs> even like I went a long period. I didn't do some sort of uh, keto diet or anything where you just don't eat any carbs. I just don't eat a lot of them. And I don't feel like I ate loads of them over three days uh, over Easter. I had a bit of chocolate and maybe more carbohydrates than usual in these hot cross buns. And then on the Monday, I literally felt like I'd been in the boxing ring the day before. I was like, oh, oh, oh. If by the next episode you start telling me you have a gluten allergy, I'm done. The podcast (laughs) is over. We're not doing it anymore. There is something that we're going to do in uh, segment two about signs that you've become middle-aged. And I think the last five minutes, maybe. maybe I thought that was your segue. I was like, this is proving how old you are. (laughs) All right, we'll uh, get to that and a few other bits and pieces, uh, including some new songs of the week. Let me just update you on the songs that you voted for for the past seven days. I chose Fly in the Suit by Black Spiders, which got 25% of the vote. Jeremy's Choice, Falling Out the Sky by Armand Hammer, with The Alchemist featuring L Sweatshirt, also 25% of the vote. Well done, New York producer, for winning with Sunshine by Corrine, which got 50% of the vote. Um, anytime you want to vote for Song of the Week, or indeed send us any messages, uh, you can do so via the website, didyouamerica.com, or we will have a new poll on my Twitter, at Ian Camfield for the new songs uh, this week, which we will get to in part two. All right, let's do part two of Did You America and a reset for song of the week. This is where we choose three songs, one chosen by me, uh, one chosen by Jeremy, and uh, New York producer has uh, a stake in this as well. And you vote. Uh, this week, New York producer's song of the week is Whoa Man by Dayglow. I went with Big Boss Rabbit by Freddie Gibbs. And I am going for Limbo by Royal Blood. This is the song that they debuted on Roblox last week. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, God, people say radio's dead and I go, no, 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 radio's still good. And then I'm like, the kids are getting their new music on Roblox now. Radio might be dead. Wait, are we on Roblox right now? Well, I tell you. Hello, kids. Listen, I think if you go to uh, the didyouamerica.com website, 
um, and check out the artwork that we have on there. Our graphics are 50 times better than Roblox. Again, we're about to get into the have you become middle-aged bit of this podcast, and this is another thing I'm about to say that's going to make me sound really middle-aged. But what the fuck? I, I get Roblox is a game that kids are playing. My, my uh, seven- and nine-year-old nieces are so big into it, my sister thinks that one of them might actually be addicted to it. She started, <laughs> she started limiting their time that they can spend on Roblox. So I thought it was going to be some sort of, uh, you know, great visual thing to look at. Royal Blood did a Roblox version of themselves playing their new song to debut it on Roblox. The graphics, they they might as well have been on one of the very first Pac-Man games. Oh, wow. Yeah, I just looked it up. That is a as a weird looking band. But they don't look weird in real life. They're not really. Yeah, no, I, I know, I know the band. I'm just saying, like, I, I would be very terrified of this game. It's like looks like a, a Matrix, but like a not cool version. Right. It looks like the kind of game that you would have played on a computer in about 1993, where in order to play the game, you had to put in, and you can Google this, kids, a floppy disk that was about the size of a 12-inch piece of vinyl, and then you would play a game that looked terrible and and used to have sound effects that went... (laughs) And then occasionally would just crash... It, this looks like Lego Matrix. Like if I smoked DMT and then went to a Royal Blood concert, <laughs> that's what I would see. Right, but I just so. But the point is, I'm aware, and believe me, I'm no technical wizard, but I'm aware of how great graphics are and what you can achieve now. And the biggest game of the moment, so big that apparently Royal Blood want to debut a new song in it, has got graphics that look like this. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. All right, so my choice, uh, Limbo by Royal Blood. You can go to didyouamerica.com with way better graphics of us than than Roblox. I mean, we would have to get uh, Jose, our artist, to really just, I'd be like, Jose, you got to make it look more like a five-year-old drew it with crayon. If we're going to get into the Roblox market, you've got to really kind of lower your drawing ability. Hopefully Roblox doesn't steal Jose from us because like he's way too talented. Jose, yeah, Jose is great. Uh, He could literally stick a pencil up his ass and draw something that would be suitable for Roblox. I'm pretty sure that's what he does. Uh, so Limbo by Real Blood, Big Boss Rabbit by Freddie Gibbs, or Woe Man by Dayglow. Vote at digiamerica.com, or we will have a poll on my Twitter, and I am at Ian Canfield on Twitter um, if you want to vote there. Uh, so yeah, I keep talking about it. Let's just uh, get straight into this. Um, signs that you are middle-aged. Uh, this was a new thing that came out this week, and... Um, Never mind all of the uh, clues that I gave to uh, being middle-aged so far on today's episode. Uh, one of the main clues... In every episode. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, just, we'll leave candles out of this segment, you know? <laughs> candles isn't... Okay, candles, candles is a very, very middle-aged yeah. thing. I mean, you know... Well, the, the, oh, the other highlight that I didn't tell you about while I was binging on my eight Cadbury's cream eggs and four hot cross buns over Easter while you were having a fun time with booze, there was a buy two, get two free weekend at Bath & Body Works... Oh, that, that, I know. That was a day out. Oh, my <laughs> God. You know, my idea of partying now is sniffing scented candles. And, and I said, oh, my God, the mahogany teakwood is in high intensity now. Bring it on. This is a mini random tangent off that. Have you noticed that, like, deodorant smells are starting to, like, 
they're just starting to seem like candle smells. I got a normal Old Spice roll-on deodorant. It smelled like the most delicious vanilla ever. When I shower before bed and I put it on, the first hour of me trying to sleep now is just getting very hungry because I'm like hugging my pillow. And you start to lick your armpits in your sleep. That's where I was getting it. My armpits are delicious now. <laughs> no, I was not aware that you could get uh, vanilla. Yeah, there you go. Stop buying candles. Start buying deodorant, you smelly uh, uh, Yeah. Lavin <laughs> lavender vanilla deodorant. Those are, the, those are literally the two flavors oh, of they Old Spice are? deodorant I is have is lavender. Bath and Body Works? Are Bath and Body Works doing deodorant now? I have to like keep looking like, are you sure these aren't women's deodorants? <laughs> but you like them anyway. Yeah, I smell beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, everyone always says to me that lavender is an old lady smell. The amount of For people sure. that the amount of people that say to me, uh, oh, yeah, my nan used to smell of lavender, and I go, I love that lavender bath and body works candle in the bedroom. Just if I'm reading at night before I go to sleep, another sign of being middle-aged. I'm just, clock, just clocking them up the, now. The Come screen in. is too bright. And they're like, I might just settle down with a buck. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's me. Going... My stomach's aching a bit. I think it was that fifth Cadbury's cream egg I ate over three days. There's there's so many examples, but I think the one you told me earlier about your latest social media trend is easily the oldest thing about you. My latest social media trend is yeah, what? That's you uh went on you started a Twitter group chat about oh, cassettes. Right, no, this was <laughs> I didn't start it, but I joined it. It's even worse. I fucking loved it. <laughs> I mean, when I told you that I'm going to bed with a lavender scented candle because it's very relaxing and I'm reading, I'm not actually reading a book. I'm just reading the thread on Twitter <laughs> of, of, of me and my friends that were talking about how much we loved a C90. That's a cassette, kids. Um, no, well, this is what I was going to say because uh, th there was this... Uh, uh, survey done of the signs that made you feel middle-aged and apparently people used to feel middle-aged at 47 but they've now decided that that's just an arbitrary um age to say that you feel middle-aged but there are uh, more defining signs that happened to people before and there's stuff like aches and pains like feeling stiff and groaning when you bend down um and uh thinking that uh, teachers look young having afternoon naps all that kind of stuff right but one of the uh, one of the big things um, in this list was um, realizing that coworkers don't know what a cassette tape is, and then I was thinking. I don't know if I've worked with anyone who wouldn't know what a cassette is, but I really, really, really enjoyed that group chat on Twitter about how much we used to like recording songs off the radio. And not only that, I mean, normal people would have would have listed things that they recorded and what they enjoyed putting on mixtapes and stuff like that. No, 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 no. Me and my friends got into a conversation about what the best blank cassette was. <laughs> and, and, and You know, the ones with nothing on it. No, 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 no. There was different qualities of tape ah. in the actual in the actual in the actual cassette because i brought up the subject of did anyone else remember that we bought into the idea that if it said chrome on it so you could get like 60 minute and 90 minute right. cassettes but if it had chrome on it afterwards um that was you that you were supposed to believe that that was better and then someone else in the group said oh yeah but the chrome thing was basically just bullshit because they had something on the tape 
that made you think that it was better, but it was some sort of oxide that would then rub off, and um, we're getting really technical now, on the cassette heads, and then that would make the cassette, the actual cassette player go wrong. And then I said, I remember when I used so many cassettes that at one point my cassette player started playing cassettes at the wrong speed. What, so hold on. They, Imagine the that, the, 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 the old school version of my Wi-Fi's not working is my cassette player is playing my C90 Chrome cassette at the wrong speed. Wilson Phillips are sounding like men. I'm trying to play <laughs> Hold On by Wilson Phillips and my cassette player's playing it slowly and they're sounding like men. Are you sure this isn't the Beach Boys? <laughs> right, <laughs> they so wish. On. Let me get this straight. So with cassettes, they would tell you they charged you more for something that actually made the cassette worse uh, well that is according to what one of my friends in our uh, very middle-aged twitter group said about cassettes yes this is okay this is good i've randomly had this thought the other day and this isn't even about cassettes this is about vinyl okay when you so i've never played a vinyl record in my life i know with cassettes you know you would rewind them i only know it because i came up through the cd generation but i also caught the tail end of the vhs would you know generation? how what if i brought out of a record player and vinyl now would you know how to play the okay, vinyl okay so that's my question like how, how let's say you didn't want to start at track 1 on that on the album did were you forced to or would you put the little thing at certain parts of the disc no there's like, there's grooves so that was another thing so that, those grooves signify like what track it is yeah so that so 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 a piece of vinyl if you've got an album is, is obviously constant grooves because that's what makes it rotate right but there are thicker grooves between the tracks because there will be obviously silence while the record plays between songs one and two or or, or whatever so you can see so say uh, an album had five songs per side there will be five clear grooves okay. in the vinyl. Now, this is the 10th example of me being very middle-aged. I'm teaching Jeremy how to play a record. Thanks, Grandpa. Right, exactly. <laughs> so cassettes really sucked if you bought original albums on cassette because you had no way of knowing if you were going to fast forward, how long to fast right, forward right. To, get to, to get to track three. You just had to know like the timing Wh of Which it. is why I've always said I kind of understand the vi vinyl resurgence. I don't understand people that are into buying used original cassettes because they they really suck the 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 quality is inferior um there's a bunch of stuff you can't do like that but blank cassettes as i discovered from my my twitter chat group and recording things of your own accord oh that brought me like so much joy well i'll give you a little compliment here because you know obviously your lifestyle is very 80 year old grandmother but you know i think most people when they see you they wouldn't think middle-aged man at all like i actually didn't even know your age till when uh when you had a job and there was that little covid scare at the office and we had to get a test right and you sent me a picture of your results just being like hey look i passed and immediately i was like wait that's his fucking age <laughs> so i thought you were like 10 years younger well i mean maybe that's very kind maybe it is uh it is giving up booze because i remember i watched a um uh, an interview with Don Johnson on James Corden about a year or two ago. And he's in, he said, you know who Don Johnson yeah, is? Miami Vice, of right? Okay. Dakota's he father. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah. Um, and uh, he would know how to play a vinyl record. <laughs> Probably had a few C90 cassettes. I go, sure. I go, hey, Don, in between, uh, in between filming scenes at Miami Vice, did you used to have cassettes where they always chrome because it sounded better in your trailer? They definitely were. And he said, oh, I used to love playing that new album by Wilson Phillips circa 1991. <laughs>
used to get me really into the mood to uh, film the next shootout. Unknown fact about Don Johnson, huge Wilson Phillips fan. Absolutely. He was in the hosiery department of Macy's in <laughs> New York next to, next to my buddy Ben. Um, uh, but I think Don Johnson's in his 70s now and he looks great. And James Corden, you know, brought up the, you know, Harry's manager should look so good. And Don Johnson's answer. And if I hadn't quit drinking, I would have completely disregarded this. But because I quit drinking, it was what I wanted to hear. Don Johnson said, I was drunk till I was 35 and then I stopped. And he thinks that's what... So I was drunk till I was 40 and then I stopped. But maybe like between 35 and 40, that's like a cutoff point. Right. See, I have the complete opposite experience of that. Uh, yesterday at the Rangers game, you know, when they did the... Uh same thing as stretch and they do glob best america i had to remove my hat one of the people i was with said when you take your hat off you look like ben franklin <laughs> if, you're like, li- oh, if you're listening jose the artist we're moving on from the fat walter becker from steely dan <laughs> we'd like some artistic impressions of uh, of jeremy as ben franklin and if you're short on time just make them deliberately really shit because then we might have a shot at roblox right <laughs> so yeah anyway Apparently, um, discovering that your co-worker does not know what a cassette is, is very middle-aged. So I don't know what it says if you spent a considerable amount of time in a Twitter group having so many fun memories about C90 cassettes. See, I think that's sad because what this made me realize is that I am starting to get to that age where I'm noticing how much older I am than I actually act. Right. We talked about this a few weeks ago. I went to a bar and I realized the moment I walked in, holy shit, I'm the oldest guy here. Like, this was a bar three years ago me and my friends went to all the time. So, like, we went there, you know, we figured it was going to be our normal crew. And all of a sudden, we're looking around. We're like, how did any of these kids get in? I turned one corner at one point, and there was a kid just doing cocaine in the middle of the bar. I was appalled. But three years ago, I was that kid. You went up to him and said, kid... If you want to do cocaine in a bar in the open air, this is the way you get away with it. You don't do it like that. Yeah, for real. I, I caught him <laughs> you, immediately. You be, you were, you, your version of being middle-aged is I sat down and I educated a kid on responsible cocaine use <laughs> yeah. in the middle of a bar. That's my uh, my life as a father. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, let's talk about the Amazon drivers um, that have admitted that uh, they do need to pee in bottles. A few weeks ago, uh, Amazon tweeted that rumors about employees peeing in bottles weren't true. But then uh, a few days ago, they had to put out an apology to say that was fake news. And they admitted that some of their drivers do pee in bottles, but they're working on uh, discovery or, or uh, but they're working on um, uh, dis- uh, discovering a solution to get around this. Um, now, my immediate thought on this was if uh, an Amazon driver delivers a package to you, and they need to pee. Would you not just let them use your bathroom? Is that not a reasonable thing to do? I mean, they can't pee in the back of their van, right? But I don't know. I feel like letting letting just like the random guy into your house to use the bathroom is definitely kind of a more old school thing than the 2021 thing. It made me think when I was a little kid. Um, and again, this is one of these things where I'm only just questioning this now. But when I was, and I'm talking like five or six I remember that you did in in the states. Did you used to have milkmen? Was that a thing? That was the thing yeah, in the yeah, UK. Yeah. So rather than obviously now everyone just goes to the store and buys their milk, right? In the UK, uh, you could do that 
but it was also like they used to they called them milk floats like they had a they were sort of electronic barely you know they could drive like 10 miles an hour oh, right, drive right. down the street and 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 people would would uh, they would get their milk from a milkman he would turn up really uh, sexist milkman <laughs> it's all right it was the aces I and i tell you there definitely were no milk ladies that i can remember when i was a kid <laughs> in the 80s um but uh yeah you would get milk from from the milkman um and and he would deliver and uh but this is one of these things that i've only just started to to, to question now i remember the milkman my mum would answer the door and i'd be like five or six year old kid like hanging out there and the amount of times he would say oh can i use your loo because that's what they call the bathroom in, in England. right right and um and that used to happen a lot and you know what they say about milkmen what do they say about milkmen? Well, it used to be a, there used to be like this running joke about the fact that the milkman was your dad. That was a, <laughs> that was a thing that used to happen at my school, right? And I never really understood that until now, as an adult, I'm now reflecting because I tell you this: he had some severe incontinence issue, our milkman, or because so, the amount of times he was used. Uh, what was he doing in your bathroom? Well, I he was definitely wasn't using it. I was led to believe that he was in there pissing, but now when <laughs> no, I th- no, no, kid. Well, exactly now when I think about because you know the other thing that I also think about when I when I think about this, the amount of time that he would stand on the doorstep talking to my mum, moaning about his wife. <laughs> like she my mum was like his counselor. And again at the time this seemed like the most so there would be probably when I think back on it now, God knows how anyone got their fucking milk in the morning. <laughs> he was spending about 20 minutes on our doorstep going, Oh, my wife, this that. he was like a 1970s bad stand-up comedian, <laughs> right? He would come, but rather than going on stage. Take my wife, right, please. <laughs> right. Rather than going on stage and doing that in a comedy club circa 1975, <laughs> circa 1985, he was was on my doorstep saying to my mum, oh, my wife, blah, 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 blah. And then the next thing I know, going upstairs, now I'm starting to think was, can I use your Lou code? <laughs> For sure it was. I think, like, clearly this guy was just trying to live up to the milkman stereotype. You know, he was like, you know all those jokes the kids are making? We could take this party upstairs. And he was doing it to all the neighborhood moms. I mean... I mean, milkmen were the first profession to get me too as a whole. <laughs> right. That's why it wasn't that delivery milk wasn't efficient it's because milkmen were disgusting pigs <laughs> <laughs> well i think and this could be some uh, homework for anyone to do off the back of this podcast if you want to get online and google 1970s porn right when it, in 1970s porn, it. right yeah you you've already got a collection <laughs> i mean you've got you talk about me being old school middle-aged i know how many vhs's you've got of 1970s porn it's the only reason i still have a vhs player <laughs> right exactly but 1970s porn for some reason we're always very 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 preoccupied with a story around the porn <laughs> right. like i think they i think they probably used to sell it to the uh, and i'm using this term loosely the actors in the porn video of like <laughs> no 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 no. i mean i know like you've got to get your dick out and you've got to do blah blah, blah. but there is a whole story around it and and the, talk about your and, dick being yeah, out the, the, ten, <laughs> the 10 minutes before everyone gets naked you know you could use as a showreel to get yourself some actual work as 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 an actor but in 1970s porn 
they were very, very preoccupied with there being a story leading up to the wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And now when I think about it, the amount of time that story was about the milkman delivering to a housewife, which was the sort of scene that I was seeing when I was five or six, um, on my on my doorstep because it was either a milkman or it was a plumber and it depended on how much budget there was for the pawn because if someone was going to come in and spend 10 minutes acting the role as a plumber before they started having sex they had to have budget for a toolkit whereas if you were a milkman you just needed a bottle of milk and that was that was that <laughs> that, that, that was your co- that was your costume you know i found this milk <laughs> let's bone right. well the, the thing was there was be about a 10 minute preamble but yes the, the essentially ed- the, it was that the edited version that you're giving us essentially essentially was that so milkman very prevalent in the for some reason they decided they needed to put a whole story around it 1970s porn and um now i'm thinking i mean theory too let's say my mum wasn't having an affair with the milkman oh she was theory too my dad's now got to the point in life where um, he always worried about having enough money to provide for his family, and now he's 70. It's not like he's got loads of money in the bank, but he's got a little bit saved up, and now he's got to that point where he's worried about he's got to give the money away because he's 70 and he doesn't want the government to run off with it when he dies. I don't know where that that extra money that he now talks about came from, were we running a porn empire from the spare bedroom upstairs? I mean, I, again... The milkman was very attractive. Well, I mean, and, and, and this whole sort of like, oh, can I use your loo? I mean, now I'm thinking like, really? What, again? Well, not only that, like, I mean, call me crazy, but as a man, when I'm outside and I have to pee and having to go to a bathroom is a bit of an inconvenience... I just find a corner and pee outside. This milkman of all those times, you would think one time he would have peed in a random alley in the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. But instead, he chose your bathroom. What was so special about your bathroom? I know your because dad's that's flushing where the, rules. Because that's where the... says, <laughs> <laughs> so, sir, do what you want with my wife, but you better not flush. <laughs> Yes, I'm if you, sorry if, for ruining your childhood. If you, if you didn't hear that episode of Did You America, uh, another thing that has now uh, come back to me in later life is the realization that uh, my dad used to insist that we had two peas per flush, and not because he was some sort of green conservationist. In fact, I don't even know why he did it, but there was a policy of um, if you were going to pee to save on flushes, one person would use the bathroom and pee, don't flush it, I'm going to use the, the, that lavatory. Can you imagine that that was in the, and the milkman's like, oh, for God's sake, we can't have that in the porno. People are going to think we're weird. <laughs> That's actually the reason why your dad established that rule. It was to get back at the milkman. He's like, hey, you're screwing my wife, but you don't get to flush my toilet. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. Well, anyway, um, they're figuring out a way around it. Um, I, I mean, I guess Amazon could stick their own version of porta potties in the back of those Amazon delivery vans that well, they've got. Well, yeah, they have. I mean, Amazon has so much money. Not to just hand Bezos a perfectly good billion-dollar idea, but how about just creating like a little hole right under the seat of the drivers? You know, they're in like delivery truck vans essentially. So you have basically they've got their own commode. Yeah, you just have a chute that goes down to the ground. Who cares if you're pissing on the ground? 
This is America. We pee wherever we want, man or woman or dog. Yes, yeah, maybe that is a way around it. But I, I don't know. I now, um, uh, I feel like now, now I've, again, so much thinking out loud in today's episode of the podcast. If I had an Amazon delivery driver that turned up at my door now and was like, Amazon, here's your new scented candles you've ordered. <laughs> and I go, thank you very much. And the Amazon driver says, I don't suppose I could use your bathroom, could I? I go, fuck off. We're not 1970s porn. <laughs> or are we? <laughs> Let me get the camera. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, one more thing. Um, I did uh, mean to get to this, and I always say that uh, we get to some listener feedback and we never got round to it. Um, C. Clark left me a message because we have discussed the, uh, the animated versions of, of ourselves that we have on uh, social media and at digiamerica.com uh, quite a bit today. Um, if you check out the, uh, the, the cartoon versions of Jeremy and I sitting in, I'll, I'll call it our studio, but it's basically my dining table in my kitchen is where we record this podcast. Um, C. Clark had a, a look at uh, those photos and asked the question, why does the microphone look like a dick and balls? <laughs> I mean, you think the cartoon mics look like that. You should see our real mics. <laughs> well, I, I have to say, again, Jose, our animator, is, 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 is a tremendous talent. Easily 50 times too talented to do design for Roblox. Um, and he's never been to my apartment. So the way in which he visualized so correctly what my apartment looks like, because when he sent the... the not only are the cartoons fun and they look great, the detail that he included, literally based on the descriptions that Jeremy and I have given of my of my kitchen area. I mean, it's like he was in the room, right? It's a right, very, yeah. very, very apt description. I, the only way I can think that he decided on this is that I talk so much about, um, you know, my love for 80s TV shows and the various different bits of 80s TV and Iron Maiden merchandise that I have. He probably just thought to himself, I'll just make it look like a 15-year-old's bedroom circa 1988, <laughs> and that's probably what it is. You nailed it perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, okay, so the microphone does look like a dick and balls, C. Clark. Well, let me tell you this. I am well aware that uh, Rush Limbaugh had a gold-plated microphone. I'm aiming for a dick and balls microphone. <laughs> And, and, and I may have been reduced to, uh, you know, a person who uh, used to have various radio shows who's now doing a podcast from his kitchen table. But when I next get hired for a big radio gig, I'll say, I don't want a signing on fee, but I do need a custom design mic that looks like a dick and balls just to make me feel at home. My dick and balls are Rush Limbaugh's gold. Right. I just think, you know, the show is going to be so much better if I'm talking into a pair of dick and balls. Right. <laughs> yes. So um, does that answer your question? It definitely does. Any, anyone have any further questions about my dick and balls microphone, <laughs> then uh, you can send them to didyouamerica.com or just uh, speak to me on uh, social media, Camfield off the radio on uh, Instagram or Ian Camfield on uh, Twitter. That's also where you can vote for Song of the Week. We will have a poll on my Twitter at Ian Camfield or vote at Did you america.com uh where you can also check out previous episodes of this podcast and purchase one of our did you america t-shirts how lovely are they jeremy oh they feel so good on your nipples it's all at did you did we america today we definitely didn't russia <laughs>